0: The goal ought to be understanding one another, Mm -hmm. right? So there may be a few ways where some of these generational stereotypes can help us do that. Mm -hmm. And then there are also some ways where they keep us from doing that. Yeah, That's the whole point, though, at the end, is how do we use these things or not use these things to help us understand people better and relate to people better. to the Real Talk podcast
1: from Real FM. Here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac.
0: Hey, welcome to episode two of Real Talk. I am Anson, Isaac and Kara along with me. Hello. hey We are still here after episode one. (laughs) Yay. uh, The building did not burn down. That's right. Um, We did not get fired. (laughs) (laughs) Good news. Yes. So we're going to give it another go this week (laughs) on Real Talk for episode two. By the way, we'd love to hear your feedback on uh, our show for Real Talk. So if you listened to episode one, You're listening now to episode two. You have some thoughts. If you're like, man, Anson did this really badly in episode one. (laughs) I just need to leave a one-star review on iTunes to let him know about it. You know, that's okay. We want you to be honest and authentic. Yeah, give us a rating. Let us know what you think. We are available on iTunes and Google Play now. I think that makes us an official podcast. Yay! It's,
2: that's exciting.
0: This is where we do like our, like our montage and high-five. Yes. <laughs> yes. We made it. We did it. <laughs> I won't mention that literally anyone can get listed on iTunes. Well, it's not hard. That's true. Um, this matters. But uh, yeah, <laughs> we're, cool. we're going to claim it. <laughs> that's, so That's right. That's a big deal. So our big idea for this week is generational stereotypes. All three of us on the show are millennials. Yes. Yep. Although different... Ages of millennials. Isaac's a young millennial over there. It's mm-hmm. true. We're, We're on the older, older end. Yeah, older millennials. <laughs> but we've probably all been on the receiving end of some criticism when it comes mm-hmm. to millennial bashing which is a pretty popular thing nowadays yes have you guys have you guys been on the receiving end of this before
2: yeah mostly in just some offhand comments mostly it's meant as a joke but i'm always kind of surprised how it stings a little bit
0: yeah it's kind of like i'm right there with you
1: yeah. yeah i feel like it's a joke but you can tell like in their voice they're like, <laughs> they're like a yeah. little bit i hate you
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, that's wow. that's funny and they're also like- is deeply hurtful <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. But the thing is, millennial stereotyping is not the only type of stereotyping that happens. That's a good point. There's a lot of stereotypes about Gen X, about baby boomers Mm -hmm. as well. So we're going to try to tackle all of that uh, coming up on The Big Idea here on episode two. But first, what I'm into this week. So this is the part of the show where we talk about the thing that we're kind of obsessed with this week or the thing that's occupying most of our time or most of our mental (laughs) energy. So Kara's going to kick us off this week with her uh, what I'm into this week.
1: When
2: you introduce it that way, now I feel really bad because occupying most of my time and thoughts, this is not, but I'm into it and I'm a little bit embarrassed about being into it. There's a new fancy coffee drink at Starbucks. I know if you're a millennial, you're not supposed to like Starbucks. Uh It's like not cool. (laughs) But when you really need some caffeine and you're running late for an appointment, Starbucks has a drive through. So I'm sorry. Uh Like it just happens. So I drove through Starbucks and sometimes. Dairy hurts my stomach, so they had this new fancy, this is the most fun part about it. It's really, really difficult to remember what it's called. So I think it is a an iced coconut mocha macchiato. I think that's what it's what? called. Yes. Coconut, wait, iced coconut milk what a macchiato mocha is. macchiato. I'm shook. I'm not
1: sure. <laughs> I'm shook right now.
2: <laughs> so I drove through and ordered it, and I literally had to say to the barista, I'm going to get this wrong, but I want that drink that is this and I started saying it, and she laughed she's like you got it I was like "Yay!" Was the like,
0: Starbucks baristas have got to be used to that though I'm right? sure they People are coming in and being like I want that, that thingy the, <laughs> the one with the like yeah with the coconut milk and stuff but I literally when when I'm at Starbucks which is not admittedly super often <laughs> it's usually because my wife wants to go but I make her order for me yeah. I'm like yeah. I have no idea what any of those things I are. Sure. I literally cannot even order the right size for my I know drink. I don't okay, know what, that's the worst yeah. like yeah. I want a big one. (laughs) I don't know what it's called in Italian or whatever it is that you guys use. It's ridiculous. That is kind of
2: ridiculous. But I will say, in spite of how difficult it is to pronounce, it is delicious and it doesn't make my stomach hurt. So it makes me very happy.
0: All right. So you you recommend it.
1: I do, actually. Isaac, what are you into this week? I've recently moved into a house house. This is what I call my first big boy house. A house house. (laughs) Um, am. I am out of apartments. Good like for said, you said, I'm Congratulations. Congratulations. Oh a big man. deal. Oh, it's good. <laughs> so, And with that, I have this big well, not big, but I have a yard. yard. and um It's a yard that I love. <laughs> I like to carefully manicure. Uh, and I have now <laughs> devoted my entire existence to protecting. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> You're <laughs> so, one of those people. Yeah, you now. turned
1: into a homeowner quick. Like, <laughs> I did. I'm like saying, you darn kids from my porch. <laughs> I've got a shaken stick that I me. shake it's great is there a sign like <laughs> get
2: off the grass
1: get off my lawn no but like I now have this yard and I didn't realize that I was someone who would take pride in the yard I always yeah. teased my dad about it I'm like dude it's a yard whatever <laughs> And then I moved in and then not only am I judging how tall my grass has gotten, I'm also peering across the street looking at my neighbors going, already comparing. What are you doing, George? (laughs) (laughs) That Bermuda's looking kind of tall, George. (laughs) What's going on? So amazing. I have a lawnmower now and I'm excited. I'm sitting here like I'm going to go home and mow my yard
0: tonight. Wow. I'm I'm so pumped about it. That is
2: that is unusual. You're basically
0: a dad without kids. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're I've like, got a hey, kidless dad. I've yeah. got the
1: Hanes white tee tucked into the jeans <laughs> and I'm going to just destroy some Bermuda. Like that's my night tonight. Wow. And I couldn't
0: be more excited. Now here's the thing Hilarious. though. Do you have an edger yet?
1: I got a Black and Decker electric weed eater that has an edging feature. Ah, it. okay. There you go. Uh, and i okay. cause that's like, happier. that's
0: next level lawn manicuring. Yeah. Like you get the perfect crisp edge <laughs> on the curves. sidewalk or the driveway. They're like, cut with laser precision. <laughs> All right, here's what I'm into this week. Uh, it's probably going to require some explaining. Mm-hmm. I'm into sim racing. Okay. Okay. Anyone want to take a shot at what that is?
2: It in, does it involve a video game? <laughs> I'm guessing. So
1: is this
0: the little people
1: with the diamonds over their heads, and you can make their lives happen? The Sims. Oh, what?
2: oh the oh. Sims. <laughs>
0: Sorry for that horrible description of the like, Sims. I was like, people in diamond What are you talking They've about? They've got the little
1: green diving. Yes, I have <laughs> bloop played. Bloop I over have played
0: the Sims. Okay, not the, not that no, kind of this sims. is not that. <laughs> so, sim racing, though, in that context, sounds very interesting. Like that would you, be fun. You take Sims in the Sims, and then you train them up you, from babies. Yeah, you take race them against each other. Like. <laughs> Like greyhounds or something? Oh my goodness. I don't know. Okay, no, sim racing is basically simulation racing where you race cars, but you do it in a simulation. So it is basically video games. Okay, cool. But not just like an arcade video game where you sit down with a controller and kind of race some cars or something. Yeah. This is serious. Like there's leagues, there's different series, and you actually have like a steering wheel and pedals and the whole shebang. So for years, I've wanted to get some equipment so that I could kind of do this. Yeah. And I'm a miser. <laughs> I get like some, you know, I don't know, in our budget, like 10 bucks a month I, for my fun money. And I literally never spend it. After 10 years of marriage, oh, I have Anson. like $700. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife's over there like going, just do it. Like you have, you the, have money the money for money it. For like, it yeah. You've been all- playing with cardboard for so long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting in my little cardboard box pretending to drive, and it's just not the same.
2: Making the noises. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So I finally took the plunge. I bought a, a racing wheel and some pedals and then you literally you go race cars against other people on racetracks and stuff.
2: <laughs> that's kind of And cool. that's what
0: I've been doing this week and it is a blast. It's so much fun. <laughs> Here's the thing though. Okay, I'm a nerd about this and I get that it's not going to be for everyone, but my family was in town last weekend mm-hmm. and my mom, I put her in a Ford Focus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I put her in a cool uh, car <laughs> she wanted to start out with something a little easier she gets on the track and she's driving around and she was like this is amazing it feels like you're actually driving she just could not believe it that's hilarious at some point i may have to have you guys over yeah and, uh, you can give it a try have a racing party. it is kind of a nerdy thing but it's also really fun to try it sounds
2: so. fun i i just like to say that um nine-year-old anson is very proud of you yeah, right now for
0: buying <laughs> for expensive, buying toys. expensive
2: <laughs> toys for yourself <laughs>
1: it's the part of the show where we have confession session where we admit things that we do that normally i don't know why i'm admitting this so (laughs) right my confession session this week is jim selfies under the guise of progress pics oh Uh, i am so guilty of this so back in sophomore year of college I got really into exercise and fitness Well, I was eating a lot of food and then picking up heavy things frequently. That's kind of what I did. Okay. And with that, I got a semi-passable athletic build and whatever, but...
2: I actually remember this because you were a intern at the time and yeah. you definitely did. I, I had about 40
1: extra pounds on me at it the time. It was intense. So I was I've, like,
2: what happened to Isaac? <laughs>
1: like- I've defaulted back to my normal... <laughs> skinny teen boy body. It's, okay. but it's all good. But at the time I've gotten a little bit bigger and I recently found an old iPad of mine where all of the photos had saved to it like this iCloud drive of shame that I have <laughs> of like all of my mirror pics in the gym and like in the background of them you can see people like looking disgusted at me and I'm like <laughs> taking progress pics, bro. (laughs) Those were going straight to Instagram. I was not. (laughs) I wasn't offering fitness tips. It was just bad. Look at this. Look at me. And on Monday, I started back at the gym, and I resisted the urge. (laughs) But that urge was still there. I was like, I should pop a progress (laughs) pic. Right. On on
0: day one. On day one. (laughs) One. Look at the progress. Is there any context in which the post-workout selfie is socially acceptable? Oh, that's a good question. I think if you run
1: like a fitness blog or something, but not if you're just a dude who's like, I got one ab to show you guys. (laughs) That's not.
2: I have to say, as a girl, I get tired of it from other girls because I feel like as a girl, it comes across as, look how good I look. You know, we're all trying hard. This is a tough thing for all of us. Good for you that you look good, but please don't tell me that every single day because it kind of beats me into the ground (laughs) and after a while you're just like we know you're working out thank you Is (laughs) there something else going on in your life because i'd like to hear about that there probably are times where it's fine i think like you said if there's a fitness blog or i mean really like if you've been working at it for a long time and you really have made this incredible progress and you're like hey i don't talk about this often but I'd yeah. like to share this thing that I've been working really hard on. I think that's fine. But maybe
1: not but daily updates. Maybe not every yeah, single day. Like I was doing. <laughs> I think the confidence associated with it, like, hey, I'm yeah. taking control of my life and I'm looking good. I think that's awesome. We need yes. to keep that. Right. But the daily updates of, There oh, yeah. you nerds, look at me. I can,
0: <laughs> I can lift this gallon of milk and not pull my arm muscle anymore. <laughs> So part of it might be kind of checking your motives, right? Right. Yeah, like why, so. why are you wanting to post right. a, a post-workout yeah. selfie? Is it because you're you're desperate for attention it's or like, is it because, you know, you, you really have made some strides or you've reached a benchmark and you're genuinely proud and excited right. to share those things? Like, yeah. Well, we can rejoice in that together, right? Yeah, that's fair. Next up is the weekly review, and this is where we pick maybe an item or a product or life experience or anything really to review on our scale of one to five stars my turn to review something this week and i am reviewing getting old (laughs) because Because you're so old feels like i'm there well okay what is this stereotypical thing the stereotypical part of getting old oh it's hurting your back yeah right like when you get old your back hurts that's fair and i have long criticized my wife (laughs) for her back pain and oh. her consistent complaints about it. Cause she's like, my back hurts. Oh, my back is so sore. And I'm like, Oh, you're such an old woman. Uh, just probably not a good thing. To you know, your you're, life, you're like. asking
2: for it. Yeah. Then.
0: And then all of a sudden in the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. the onset of back pain for me, oh. it just like exploded. Ha ha. Here I am. Like, <laughs> you turned 30. Your back is done. <laughs> And I've had to go back to my wife and be like, uh-huh. uh, "I'm really sorry, but uh, my back my hurts. <laughs> can you try to pop it?" Or and she's going, "Ha! Like, I feel, like, feel the pain. Told you. You deserve this. <laughs> it's rough." Man, I will not make fun of people for complaining about back pain anymore because mm-hmm. I've been like laying in bed at night, just oh, staring man. at the ceiling, going,
1: "Why <sighs> <"Liney."> me?" <sighs> Can you, Why? can you pinpoint a moment where it happened? Like, do you know definitively
0: this is where everything went downhill? See, that's <laughs> the thing. And that's what makes it so embarrassing is it's not like... Yes, I was lifting a piano (laughs) and injured my back. You know how you do. You know, I I went down to Houston and rescued an entire family off of their roof during Hurricane Harvey and injured my back being a hero. No, I'm pretty sure it was like I was getting up from a chair and I I twisted this way and then my back started hurting. And then it was all
2: over.
1: You know,
0: and you're going,
2: that is so lame. It's that darn Sim
1: Ford Focus that you're getting out of. Yeah, that's
2: right. That could be it. Oh,
0: wow, that was, yeah, <laughs> playing that video game was rough, and now my back hurts because I stood oh, up from a chair. That is unfortunate. So I was trying to decide what I would rate hurting your back, and yeah. it seems like an obvious candidate for one out of five stars, but actually, I'm going to give it two out of five stars. Seriously? It's okay. still not a great experience, definitely not a four or five star experience, but I'm going to throw an extra star in there because you do get some sympathy <laughs> right from on. having a hurt back. Yeah. Not wrong. And let's be honest. We all like a little sympathy like, yeah, sometimes. That's right? that's true. It's Absolutely. not a bad thing. When I go home and I'm like, honey, my back hurts. And she's like, oh, honey, I'm so sorry about that. Like, yeah, my wife's a really nice person. <laughs> so that helps. Like, I probably need to be a nicer person in return. This is teaching you that. Though. Exactly. Yeah. I'm learning like, OK, yeah. being empathetic. like yeah. that, That's a good thing. And, when
2: you hurt, and, it's not yeah, fun. It's kind of
0: nice to have somebody there in your corner who says, yeah. like, oh, you know, I'll give you a back rub. I feel yeah. bad for you. So, you know, you get some free back. Crabs out of the deal that's go. worth a star right yeah
2: now it's time for real life boss level where we talk about the bosses in real life we are taking on just like we used to do in the video game days or like some of you probably still do <laughs> not me I, I used to play video games but my boss level this week I was at the doctor's office, just doing some routine follow-up things, and they were asking me all kinds of questions like they do and they started to ask me some questions about, you know, how are you sleeping? How's this going? How are you handling this? Like, what are your most common stressors? And basically, as Anson pointed out, they were giving me a stress test and I got really stressed out. As
0: a result of the stress test. Yeah.
2: Just from them asking me the questions because I was like, well, I don't know. Like, I I mean, I think it's fine. And then I started rethinking everything. And then after I left the doctor's office, I was like, maybe I didn't answer that. Honestly, actually, I have been having, I have been feeling tired oh wait my head does hurt why did i not say that it hurts
0: now (laughs) i
2: was so stressed and it was like this is their job they have to ask the questions yeah but when they ask me i feel super stressed and super self-conscious suddenly about my entire life and i'm like what am i doing and why am i here and what is wrong with me Uh, man doctor
1: appointments (laughs) was it one of those things where they were like did the back of your knees ever tingle and you're like well they are now what
2: (laughs) (laughs) What, what do, does I that do that mean?
1: <laughs> yeah. They could like yeah. look at you and to ask you anything. It's <laughs> like, like my, yeah. my eyeballs do sometimes vibrate in my head. I don't <laughs> know. Is that normal?
2: What, what does that mean? I don't know. I think it was just pressure. And plus I didn't know this person. I feel like maybe about some things I'm kind of a private person, not all the things but when they're asking you about all the things in your life and I don't know this nurse like I've never seen her before in my life and she's like are you having trouble with this bodily function I'm like um I don't know but if I did I wouldn't tell you like (laughs) what Why would I tell you that? You don't know me. That is
0: classified information. (laughs) Thank you very much. Like
2: Like pulling a Ron Swanson at the doctor's office. Like, no, you can't have my address. Exactly.
0: This is my privacy we're talking about. So I do think this is just kind of your personality. It is. You can take a test where there is not... It's not dumb. It's just (laughs) part of who you are. (laughs) But you you take like a test and, and there's not... A right answer. <laughs> a right answer, but you're concerned about whether you answered it right or not. It's yeah. so like, true. If you answered it, you answered it right.
2: I know, but it's in my okay. head, there's a right answer, and I'm not sure if I got it right. So, But
0: getting stressed <sighs> at the doctor's office...
2: That's a normal it's thing. A, that's a thing. That like, is a thing. You're not
0: some weird true. person that this only happens it's to you. It's true. That's yeah. a good point. You're yeah. in good company when it comes yep. to people yes. getting stressed about going to the doctor. Yes. I get super stressed about going to the doctor.
2: Yes. It's a real-life boss level for everyone, I guess.
0: Yeah. Let's get into our big idea for episode two of Real Talk. The idea of generational stereotyping. Mm -hmm. So you guys have probably read an article. Maybe you've heard someone say something like this directly to you or just in a passing conversation. Millennials are entitled. Mm -hmm. They're lazy. They're bored. They're constantly job hopping. Mm -hmm. Have you heard that before?
1: A few times. Maybe. Almost every day of my existence.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And when you hear that... I think there's kind of this tension inside of us. At least there is for me, where you kind of go, well, "Maybe there are some little kernels of truth in there?" Mm, yeah. But also that hurts. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't feel very nice, right?
2: Yeah, right.
0: And so we wanted to talk a little bit about this idea of generational stereotyping because yeah. here's the deal, we may all be millennials in this room, but there are lots of other generations besides mm-hmm. millennials and the stereotyping thing seems to happen across Generations. It's not just a millennial thing. A lot of the focus is on that because the millennial generation is kind of the one that's growing into adulthood currently. Yes. But there's generations ahead of us, generations behind us. And these types of stereotypes get thrown around a lot. So the place that I want to start with this is first of all, what are generational stereotypes. Not what are they literally, but where do they come from? Why Mm. do they exist? What is the reason for the stereotyping that we do?
2: I feel like anything we don't understand, we feel this drive as human beings and this need to explain and put words into it and say, that person is different than me. I need to know why, which that in and of itself isn't bad, but then... Sometimes when you don't understand something, it's a lot easier to say, okay, if I can define it in like these simple terms and put them in this box, then right. I can deal with them. But yeah. it's too complicated to deal with everyone. <laughs> right. kind of. yeah. I don't understand why they're doing that. It's driving me nuts. So I'm going to put these labels on it and yeah. put them in that box. That may be a little bit of a negative way to look at that. But I think that's one way that stereotypes come about.
1: Well, that's how I catch myself. It's almost kind of like a mental shorthand, like, okay, that yeah. person is this age and I I know about them because they're this age group, they're a baby boomer, and right. I have an idea of how they are. And in turn, how I'm supposed to relate to them. Like, yes. I need to know when I walk into a room, who's who and how I'm gonna relate to this room. So I'm mm. gonna go, okay. That makes sense. That's an older person, that's a baby boomer, Gen X, me.
0: Right. So. Mm-hmm. I think we have this innate desire in all of us to understand the world. Right. And yes. understand what's going on around us. The problem is, the world is so complicated. Yes. And there's so many different people. We kind of have to, by nature, if we want to attempt to understand it boil it down into bite-sized chunks that we can consume more easily and so for me to understand every baby boomer (laughs) that exists on the planet is not possible. But if I can identify some patterns that I can kind of boil down, here's what your average person in their sixties is like, Yeah. that gives me a way to understand the world Mm -hmm. that helps me process things a little bit more quickly. Yeah. And I think we do this in all areas of life for good reason, because if we didn't, we wouldn't know how to relate to what's going on around us. So it's kind of an important process that's happening, but also one that has some dangers associated with it,
2: perhaps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking about where do stereotypes come from? And I wonder how much of our stereotypes are driven by advertising, by marketing, because... In order to reach the audience that you need to sell things to, you have to first understand, which means you have to create this big picture patterns like you're talking about. So I hadn't really thought of that before, but how much of what we think of these different uh, generations and the people around us are shaped by advertisers or media or yeah, things sure. like that? I mean, not always, but it's... Part of the picture,
0: I think so. And I also think there's kind of this groupthink mentality where it, it kind of feeds off of itself, this, yes. right. this echo chamber, particularly mm-hmm. with social media, yep. where someone throws out something about, say, a millennial, right? A millennial mm-hmm. is this way. And yes. then everyone kind of picks up on that and says, oh, yeah, a millennial is this way, right? right. right. And so it just kind of builds on itself until it becomes this overarching narrative yeah. that you can't escape from. Yeah. It becomes fact, right? Some, sure. Someone right. stated an opinion and eventually becomes a fact where there's yeah. no debating it. Yeah. Well, and
1: then if you're a millennial, you naturally kind of want to assimilate and you don't want to be the one that's you know, <laughs> outside of the norm. Yeah. If you're skimming a Buzzfeed article and it's saying millennials are loving these avocado recipes, and you're like, <laughs> well, I, 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 would've, I want be cool. Been, <laughs> right. I think like avocado, yeah. if you're on the fence about avocados, yeah. That can push you in that direction. Like That's <laughs> true. You yeah. just naturally want to fit in with
0: your peer group, I think. So there's kind of this element then of self-fulfilling prophecy almost. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I'm reading that this is what my generation is like so yeah. this yeah. must be what I'm like.
2: Yeah, and I think that can happen in a negative or positive sense. Sure. There's a lot of people that are saying millennials are becoming what you're labeling them to be. So if you keep Saying these things about them and reinforcing that, maybe at some point they're just going to give up and be like, "Fine, that's what I am." Well, right. if you
1: feel like no one is expecting anything of you, yeah, why would you want to deliver for them? Yeah, like, that's <laughs> right. I don't yeah. know. That's just me. Like, if someone repeatedly says, "Oh, that's Isaac. He's so lazy," I'll go be productive for other people, not <laughs> right. you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, what are some of the common stereotypes that you've heard? Let's start with the millennial generation uh, because that's what we are, and that's kind of what we know probably best. What are the common stereotypes? about millennials that w- that we see most often repeated.
1: I know from my perspective, I've heard a lot of millennials don't take things seriously. They go from job to job. They don't really commit to things. Mm-hmm. Flaky. They're flaky, right?
2: Flaky, yeah. narcissistic, lazy, self-absorbed.
0: You're just laying it all out there for us. Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> there it is.
0: <laughs> self-absorbed. Yeah, the narcissism a, one yeah. is one that gets batted around a lot. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and then some of it, it just comes out as a general exasperation of they're just ridiculous. You can't understand them. They all think they're special snowflakes. And what's the one that comes around the most often? The participation medal thing, like
0: the participation trophy, the
2: participation trophy thing comes out a lot. They all got these when they were kids and they think they deserve a trophy for everything, even if they lose, like, you know,
0: individualistic to a fault. Yeah, sure. Right. They think they're so special and so valuable and Mm -hmm. so unique Mm -hmm. that they overestimate mm-hmm. their self-worth potentially, <laughs> like, yeah, which kind the, of sounds like a weird thing to say, but, but that's where you get the the narcissism and kind of sure, his, right. like, self-absorption.
2: Yeah. And I think they would say that leads to entitlement. You know, you received these awards when you were a kid. And so now you think you deserve all the things, yeah. whatever that is.
0: What about positive stereotypes for mm. millennials? Have you seen any of those? The one that I keep coming across is we're very
1: value-driven as millennials. Yeah. The things that we do buy into, it's from a deeper part of ourselves. That's we'll true. We'll get on with a company or an organization because we agree like on a fundamental value level with what that company's doing. Mm. This desire to be a part of something bigger than yourself. Right. yeah, yes. uh, Believing in a cause. Sure. We're very cause-oriented, I think. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I would agree. I think authenticity is a huge value of mm-hmm. our generation, being able to say, when things hurt, just come out and say, this hurts, it's hard. And yes, that can go overboard sometimes, but I think it's a good thing as well. I think we're able to sometimes to sit with pain a little bit longer and things like that and other mm-hmm. people's big emotions because
0: of authenticity. So what about other generations, like say Gen X or, yeah. or baby boomers? What are your perceptions as far as the stereotypes for mm. for those generations?
2: Yeah. Baby boomers are the ones that come to my mind first. And yeah. I think, you know, some of the stereotypes are they don't know anything about technology, computers, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of this, oh that's technologically oh. illiterate. Yes, yes. Baby boomers also maybe workaholics. That's another mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Um that comes to mind.
1: I was raised by a pair of Gen Xers. They're great people. Uh, <laughs> my mom always said that she tries to be positive because her generation is so cynical. That's all I heard from mm, her is like, uh, everyone my age is so cynical. That kind of bread, this positivity mm. is so good into me. But right. yeah, yeah, like she kept talking about how she's so sick of her generation saying that the world's always ending the next mm. day. We grew up with this whole, here's a way the world could end this week. I mm. feel like
0: that's a very Gen X Concern, like yeah. the end of the yeah. world. It's funny to watch that pendulum swing from generation to generation, too, because yeah. I think a lot of people would say that the baby boomer generation was generally very optimistic about most things uh, and kind of had like a happy-go-lucky kind of view of the world. Uh, Then it swung the opposite way with Gen X, (laughs) where it became this massive cynicism. And I can imagine for a lot of Gen X kids, that was probably a a pushback against their parents. And then it's funny because now the millennial generation, I think this youthful optimism Hmm. is maybe kind of a hallmark of them again a little bit. So it it kind of bounces back and forth from generation to generation. Another thing that I think of when I think of baby boomers is teamwork Mm. and being part of something that's bigger than themselves, which is something that we literally just said for millennials, which is interesting. But but in a slightly different context, I think for millennials, uh, being part of a cause bigger than yourself Mm -hmm. is where the importance is, where the sense of identity comes from. I think for baby boomers it's more of a being part of a team or being Mm -hmm. a cog or a piece in a larger machine Hmm. is something that maybe you derive some sense of identity from. It's not viewed as a negative. Right, I'm just one piece of a large organization or a machine and I do my job and I do it really well and everyone else does their job and does it really well and we end up with this great thing. Yeah,
1: I would say for sure. I know some people who like retired at their companies, and they're like in their sixties or seventies. Yes, and they got
0: the gold watch, and it
1: was this cool retirement thing. They had been there for like fifty years. Like right, it's an unreal Which amount is, of time to spend somewhere.
2: Yeah, and that's kind of unheard of for well, obviously we aren't that old yet. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, millennials can't imagine right. staying in. So a place yeah, baby
0: boomers long. are really dedicated to yeah, the work yeah. that they do, and I think that's an admirable quality there. Definitely. So that's taking a look at the generations and some of the stereotypes that exist for them at a really high level. But what about on a very personal level? Have you guys experienced anything personally where someone else has made maybe a comment to you? Maybe you feel like someone has misjudged your character based on a generational Mm. stereotype. Is that something that you guys have experienced on a personal level?
1: I'll sit in meetings at different places that I'm affiliated with and I work with and I'll hear people talking about millennials someone older than me they'll be like oh these millennials they can't do insert what they can't do and then <laughs> I'll be like dude I'm right here I'm, mm-hmm. you're talking about how millennials can't commit to anything and I'm literally here in my free time mm-hmm. trying to help you to this yeah. with this project wow and I feel like I almost overcommit a little bit to sort of spite hmm. that where it's like no I'll show you like I'll do I'll do
2: all the things I'll do
1: 20 things I'll <laughs> commit to everything and then just destroy myself trying to do it.
2: Yeah. I definitely have felt this and I think most of it for me has been unintentional honestly. None of this is people are personally attacking me, but it right. feels very personal. Yeah, yeah. When you're sitting there and they're saying, "Oh, millennials rolling their eyes." And I've even experienced this in church. The pastor said something about and then you've got millennials and they're just and the whole congregation laughed and I was <laughs> like, "Okay, I understand it's funny and we're weird and like they're impossible to understand, but at the same time, I know I'm impossible to under- I'm having trouble understanding myself too. Okay. Yeah. But what I need from you in that is compassion, not mm. more hurt and more guilt about, yeah, you're so complicated. Why can't you just simplify? You know, it's like, because the world is complicated that right. I'm living in and I need help to figure it out and I need compassion from you. not. Yeah. <laughs> and so again, that was totally offhand. And if I went to that person individually, I know for a fact that he would be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. That is not what I meant at all. I sure. know he would be like, "Talk to me. What's going on? How's how are you doing? What's going on in your life?" So, but it is really hurtful and I think it can make us shut down really quickly and make us say, "Well, fine. That's the way you see me. I don't need your input." Like, you know, if I'm too
0: complicated for you, then I'll just go be with my people. I do think criticizing millennials has become such a sport (laughs) culturally that it's just something that almost everyone participates in, Mm -hmm. even some millennials. And so it becomes a thing, especially though for people who are not, who would not categorize themselves as being one, you just participate in this thing that's just happening culturally. It doesn't really occur to you that, oh, there's somebody sitting in this room who may take this personally, yeah. because yeah. It, it doesn't seem personal no. when you're talking about it in these big, wide open terms. Right. You know, I'm sure if you were to go to one of those people and say, hey, this, that was kind of hurtful to, to hear you say yeah. that, it would be like, oh, well, I was talking about millennials in general, not you. Not you. you yeah. right?
2: <laughs> I sometimes I'll actually say it when I'm in the room and there's somebody talking about this. I've said, you know I am one of those, because I think yeah. they forget. In their mind, millennials are just young people who are acting silly, right. and they literally forget who the millennials are. Like, I am your teammate. I'm your coworker. I live life with you every day. Yeah. And you count on me for things. Yeah, and I'm almost, one of those
1: people. It's almost like millennial to them is just more of a caricature than yes. it is yes. a thing. It's I like a straw true. man kind of you know, thing for them to vent about. Exactly. But I mean, I'll be honest, it's not funny to me anymore. Me neither. The jokes are kind of, I've heard every comment that people can make and I'm like, this isn't funny to me anymore. I'm trying to figure out my
0: life. Don't be mad at me for trying to figure out what to do at 24 years old. So let's flip this around though. Do we ever (laughs) as millennials criticize other generations in the same way?
2: Had to do that. I
0: mean... (laughs) It's easy for us probably to pick up on when people are criticizing us because you exactly. feel it. It's this gut emotional response that we I don't like that. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. a lot easier to criticize other people totally. because of what we were just talking sure. about. You kind of detach yourself from it emotionally. Right. Well, I'm just talking about in general. In general. Yeah. Right? So is this something you feel like you personally have struggled with at times? Stereotyping people who belong to a generation other than the one that you belong to? Uh,
2: yes. One hundred percent. For sure. Yeah. All yeah. the time. I think, especially with people you know really well who are in these categories, like for me, family members who are in the baby boomer era, super easy to just kind of, ah, man, just at everything and the vast differences between our worldviews and our perspectives. It's just really difficult for me sometimes to remove myself from that position of judging and say, okay, they're, they're a person, they're allowed to think and feel these things just like I'm allowed, even if they're very different from my things.
1: Yeah. I frequently like talk to my parents about just the state that the world is in right now. And then from my perspective, it's like, your generation put us here. Mm. We're trying to navigate this economy, the conflicts going on around the world. I'm like, Hmm. look at what your generation did. Like, I've said that before. (laughs) And then I sit here and I'm
0: mad about people talking about millennials, so it definitely does happen with me. It does, yeah. It's just a very adversarial atmosphere. Oh, sure. Just in general, I think, where these generational stereotypes have created these dividing lines, this us versus them mentality we say, you did this, you bear responsibility for this. Yeah. And then they're turning around and saying, yeah, well, you're doing this. And <laughs> yeah. you, you need to take yeah. responsibility for this. Exactly. And all of a sudden it becomes very accusatory.
2: Yeah, it can. And I think we're all
0: guilty of it. These stereotypes can be really hurtful and they can cause us to come to incorrect conclusions about individuals by lumping them into larger categories or kind of creating these caricatures mm-hmm. based on these stereotypes that aren't really great representations of what real people are like, Yeah. but I want to flip that on its head for just a moment and ask the question, are there instances where generational stereotyping can actually be helpful? Do you think there is room for some of these stereotypes to actually be useful in some context? Or is it really just, no, we, we really just need to get away from this?
1: I think in the way that we use that to sort of relate to one another, if I'm a Gen Xer employee and I see a millennial that's really passionate about my organization or my cause, having that in the back of my mind, they really like projects that they can be passionate about. I'm like, let's work with that and let's work with that passion. So I think that If we recognize the positives and don't exploit them,
0: but really just use them to relate to one another in a good way, Mm -hmm. I think they definitely could be good. So focusing perhaps more on the positive than the negative would be one component of that. And perhaps another component would be doing so with caution. I understand that these are some baseline things that tend to be true about Mm, people around this person's age, but I also don't want to come to too many conclusions and judge a book by its cover Mm. without also getting to know and understand this person on an individual level as well.
2: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
0: At the end of all of this, I think the big question to me is kind of, what do we do (laughs) with with, with all of this? Where do we go from here? And I think the overarching thing for me is the goal ought to be understanding one another. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So there may be a few ways where some of these generational stereotypes can help us do that. Mm -hmm. And then there are also some ways where they keep us from doing that yeah that's the whole point though at the end is how do we use these things or not use these things to help us understand people better and relate to people better
1: we're talking about on repeat this week, all of the songs that we're really digging this week. For me, it's Feel It Still by Portugal The Man. Portugal The Man is interesting. Because he has Portugal, period, the man. So
0: Do you have <laughs> any idea what that band name means or I where have it comes from? It's about. No earthly okay. so idea. Awesome. Wanted to make sure I wasn't the only one.
1: Every time I show it <laughs> to people I go, have you heard of Portugal? The, the man. man. <laughs> <laughs> I like that pause. you work the period buzz yeah, in there. That yeah. is really fun. It's really cool though. Like it's got this kind of throwback 60s-ish vibe. Yeah. I don't know what to describe it as.
2: It's, I really like it too. Yeah. I've been listening to it this It's very
0: week. dancey. Yeah.
2: yeah. It is.
0: And the lyrics are actually really interesting in that song as well. Kind of referencing back to the 60s and yeah. then that sentiment of culture is changing and we're going mm. through kind of a pivot point yep. in American history. Like that's still kind of happening today. Yeah. yeah. At least that's kind of what I'm it's like song. a self-aware song it's kind of cool yeah my song uh, that i am totally digging this week is shelter by porter robinson i don't know if you've heard this one but it's a basically a dance track and i love dance tracks because when i'm at home and i'm like cleaning up my house I need to like bump some loud dance music to keep me going. Yep and so that's what this song is for for me. (laughs) Shelter by Porter Robinson it's one of those songs where you turn it up way too loud when you're home by yourself (laughs) and there's no one there to embarrass you over it so that you can uh, really go into hyper mode when you're like cleaning up the kitchen or something like that. Porter Robinson's really interesting. He's like this completely self-taught musician and a lot of people like to I feel like kind of diss the dance music guys Mm -hmm. because they're literally creating music from a computer Mm -hmm. and they go well they're not creating music through a guitar or a piano or an instrument. They don't actually play an instrument. They're just you know, yeah, coming up with yeah. music on their computer, like somehow that's not real music. And I, <laughs> that drives me nuts. Like I don't buy that at yeah, all. Yeah, no. You need an immense amount of intuitive talent yeah. and also like musical understanding yeah. to create music from scratch on a computer because you're yeah. you're putting together all these beats and all these chords and all these different mm. sounds into a cohesive whole. Yeah. And I get there are some dance artists out there that just sound like an electronic mess. Like it just <laughs> sounds like a dial up modem or something yeah. uh, or it sounds like a robot that's like in pain, like a robot with a stomach. A robot ache. is dying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the people who do it really well are the people that can tie all of those kind of disparate sounds mm. into a unique right. combination that is really musically compelling. And I think that's what Porter Robinson does.
2: So my unrepeat this week is a song called "You Might Not Like Me" by Bryn all Elliott. If you don't. basically a girl power anthem so I am loving kind of rocking out to this on my way. I I usually listen to it in the car like on my way to and from work and I think it's on our Fresh Finds, Real FM mm-hmm. link on Spotify this week. And so, yeah, every time it comes up, I'm like, oh, yeah. And it's, it's just kind of fun <laughs> musically. It's very anthemic. Um, but it's also a fun reminder for me as a single woman who's dating and going through some of the ups and downs of this stuff. And there's a tendency, I think, for people like me who tend to want to be liked to make yourself into something that you are not when Mm. you're dating and Mm. when you're trying to put yourself out there. A lot of people have told me over my lifetime, well, you're so intimidating. That's why you don't have a date. That's why you don't have a boyfriend. And it's really frustrating because I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I'm supposed to live and survive and be an independent woman. And you're telling me now that that's pushing everybody away. So I'm sorry, but I have to live my life. So this song, I love it because the lyrics are, you know, if you don't like girls that are stronger than you or faster than you or smarter than you well, you might not like me and that's okay. Like, move along. Yeah, basically. You that's kind a of very, put
0: like, it out there, right? You're right. Like, I, I am who I am. Exactly. I'm not cool. I'm Not gonna go Try to be something different just to attract someone. Because that's not going to work anyway. It's like a stupid, yeah, Yeah, it's a
2: stupid thing, but we do it as girls. um, I think we fall prey to that. So it's a good anthem for reminding me like, oh yeah, it's okay. I can be strong in the things that I'm strong in. Not be ashamed of those things. Not that I want you to be weak. Like you be strong too. You do you and, and I'll do me and we'll all just (laughs) sing this song and it's going to be fun. (laughs) Like you might not like me and that's okay. Keep moving. You might find somebody else you like.
0: Well, that is our show for this week. Episode two of Real Talk is in the books. So Yay. we will uh, see you next week for episode three. And like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, we'd love to get your feedback Definitely. on episode two. So if you have any thoughts for us, you can hit us up at our Facebook page, slash Real FM online. And uh, hey, do you want to throw us a review on your platform of choice? Yeah. We wouldn't be opposed to that either. It's always good.
2: We'll see you next week.
1: for listening to the Real Talk podcast from Real FM. Wake up with Isaac from 7 to 10 a.m. and catch Real Talk with Anson and Kara from
0: 4 to 7 p.m. Live every weekday on Real FM radio. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent or reflect the views of John Brown University, KLRC Radio, or Real FM.